I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Today, we are starting not a new movie, but we are doing a miniseries on old movies on a particular set of movies. Jessica, <laughs> what are those movies? Bond movies. <laughs> James Bond. So, yes, yes, that is what we are doing today. So uh, we're doing that because No Time to Die arrives in theaters finally after so much time, uh, <laughs> October 8th. And we've been meaning to take a trip down memory lane and actually watch every single Bond movie leading up to the newest film. So we decided to split up the eras a little bit by the Bond actor and say a little bit because there is some weirdness with the Bond <laughs> stars reprising their role in the middle of other people's runs. Uh, but this episode today will focus on Sean Connery's James Bond. So before we get started, though, uh, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date in our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Always Critic Pod. Lastly, if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to, for you to get involved and show your support. That's like the second time that happens to me. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. Now, we got quite a few movies to get into, so let's just jump right in. Let's do so it. So we're going to go in order. So we're going to start from the very beginning. We are starting with 1962, Dr. No. This is the That's first right. James Bond film. It is directed by Terrence Young, written by Richard Maybaum, Joanna Harwood, and Berkeley Mather. And it That's stars right. none other Sean than Sean Connery. Connery. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. How many times are we going to do like a Sean Connery impression? Like what is the over under like is it like it five? has to be more than seven because <laughs> there's know, right? seven movies we're gonna do it for a pretty well much there's movie. six with sean connery but yeah but still we're pretty much gonna do like every time we mention a new movie we're gonna do his accent yeah uh so this movie stars sean connery ursula andress and bernard lee as m uh we'll get to the name of ursula's character in just a bit <laughs> uh this movie is the first bond movie so there's not really a known opening title sequence yeah so it's just the bond theme and then it transitions into a calypso theme like kind of like little groove and that's pretty much it for this movie that's that's how it opens up we do not get into the iconic stuff until probably two movies from now we'll talk about that soon so jessica what yes. did you think of dr no well, first of all, the IMDb synopsis. Yes. A resourceful British government agent seeks answers in a case involving the disappearance of a colleague and the disruption of the American space program. So Dr. No is kind of awful. I did not enjoy watching Dr. No, but I found it really interesting because you can tell that they haven't gotten the formula down yet for what James Bond is and how he behaves. So they're really just going off of Sean Connery and like whatever he decides to cook up for the character, which I really kind of liked as well, that there's no expectations, so to speak. You're right. just coming in raw and it's Sean Connery just like chewing up scenery a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I really Did you, did you like Dr. No at all? 
Uh, there's a couple moments that I find that are okay, but for the most part, the pacing is my biggest problem, not mm. only with this movie, but I'll talk more about some of the other movies, but the pacing just feels a little wonky because, like you said, they're, they're trying to find their footing as to what these movies are going to look like because they're all based on novels. Mm-hmm. Ian uh, Fleming's novels. Correct. So trying to translate that into a movie, uh, they obviously got a big star for it at the time, Sean Connery. And, you know, you could tell that he was molding the character. Yes. It was his to mold into the way he wanted it to be, the way he wanted it to sound, the way he wanted the, basically the way he wanted the character to feel. Mm. Uh, so I can understand why a lot of people would say, oh, that's my bond. You know, that's the bond that, I know or I love because of the fact that he really molds the character and everyone kind of has to compare to him since he's the original. Yeah. So yeah. getting so, into the movie. The Bond girl's name is Honey Rider. Hey. <laughs> um, in my notes, I just say the name Honey <laughs> because it's so bad. Um, she has this crazy story about being raped by the landlord after yeah. her father's disappearance slash death and then putting a female Black Widow spider in the landlord's bed. And she said it took him four days to die. I was riveted by this story. <laughs> like, Bond movies are generally very convoluted, very hard to understand what's going on, who's who. It's very quick. Yeah. But the fact that they stopped to tell this story for about one of the Bond girls I felt like was really good. And I feel like they kind of go backwards almost for the Bond girls, Mm -hmm. because considering that they've had this character who's really not quite instrumental, but still gets a really beefy backstory. It, it just, it doesn't go that way for the rest of the Bond girls that we talk about. Yeah. It does not. Um, I found that there was interesting use of shadows in this movie. Mm. So that has to do with cinematography there was a cave room where the doctor goes on the island and it has a convex glass ceiling with bars on it, yeah. casting these long shadows on the wall. And then when Dr. No opens the door to Bond's room, his shadow is perfectly on the floor in the doorway. So it's like a nice, like ominous sort of feeling for the villain and the cave and all that stuff. I liked the villain was suave and intelligent. And that is a running theme for all Bond villains. They have to be suave and intelligent. And if they're not, then they're not a Bond villain. No, they're just yeah. a henchman at that point. Mm-hmm. The brute force is never the one that Bond is truly after or the one that Bond needs to defeat in the end. It's always yeah. like a mastermind that he yes. has to get the advantage on. So that's from day one. They always had a villain that was well-spoken, suave, um, well put together, well groomed, and rich, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, I think I counted three Bond girls, though. It was more like beautiful women, like eye candy. Yeah, it was eye candy that he would like. There was one. Um, I don't it was like remember. a hotel receptionist. Yeah, hotel receptionist that yeah. lures you know, him back. There was the one that he was playing uh, cards with at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm, and then, mm-hmm. of course, we have Honey Rider. 
Uh, and so she's so, like collecting shells or something. Yeah, on the beach, on like, like on shells? the island, on the like on the on the island that everybody's like afraid to go to. Because yes. okay, so this is a, a weird thing about this movie is that the natives in I believe they're in Jamaica is yeah, where I think the so. movie. And so there's islands around Jamaica, and there's one particular island that they're afraid of because they believe like there's some monster on the island. And the monster ends up being a tank, pretty much. It's it's a like a high specialized tank. Yes, but yes, they're yes. like, oh, it's breathing fire, and it's like, and James Bond, he's kind of like seen it all, so he's like, <laughs> he's so jaded, he's like so already. Jaded, and he, you know, he notices what it is. It's it's just a tank with people. Yeah. So trying, it kind of feels a little weird, like seeing like the like the people who are native to Jamaica, kind of like. Oh, they don't Foolish know what that a little is. Bit. Yeah. yeah, they don't know what a tank it is. It paints them you know? in a very like primitive. Mm, yes, fashion. yes, yes, yes. Yes, that's a good way of putting yeah, it. Yeah, so not a. We big, do not actually. Great. I know we do actually get the introduction of Spectre in yes. the very first in the movie. First movie, yeah. I was and I didn't know that. what Spectre even stood for. Did did you? Neither did I? <laughs> oh my god! So, so when it we get the acronym, for, I was like, "What?" Okay. Yeah, I was like, "The hell? What?" Spectre stands for something. It stands for Special Executive for Counterintelligence, Terrorism, Revenge, Extortion. Yes, Spectre. <laughs> Spectre. <laughs> so if they're doing anything other than that, it's not Spectre. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I like that Spectre comes up right away and they don't like hold back like what is Spectre? No, they define it completely. Dr. No is like exposition central for oh, yeah. why like, he's doing things, who's doing it with him and what I'm is going, Spectre? It's going to so like basically what they're doing is it is was it a nuclear device that he was like kind of like he ha- had basically got his hands on that would be able to go travel to space and he was going to be able to sell it to like the highest bidder pretty much yeah 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 that was his yeah plan yes so the critics consensus if you look on rotten tomatoes right now dr no is sitting at a 95 percent rotten tomato score and an 82 percent audience score i don't find that I mean, accurate. It doesn't feel like it matches up correctly. No, but the critics consensus reads featuring plenty of the humor, action and escapist thrills the series would become known for. Dr. No kicks off the Bond franchise in style. I think also like exotic, exotic locations is a huge part of Bond films. And you can see right off the bat that he's not really in the motherland like ever. No, no, he's not like where does he start off the movie? I know he's playing uh he's playing cards, but he's not even in England, I don't think. No. At the beginning of the movie. No. And he gets sent to Jamaica, so he spends most of the time in Jamaica, yeah, in, Jamaica. In, in the yeah. movie. So I found that to be strange mm-hmm. for a first time movie about someone who we associate with a classic British character, you know? Mm. You would think that the first movie would all be about you know some homeland homeland yeah like yeah. being there in england you know doing the work you know whatever that means <laughs> doing the good work doing the work uh so that was a little bit of surprise but that that's the way it goes with bond like he he travels the world man yeah trendsetter all right are we do you have anything else to say about dr no 
I was fine with the movie. I'm going to rate the movie right now out of five. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give that movie a three. Oh, wow. That's high. It feels um, high. But considering it was the first one, I, I, I wanted to give it a little bit of a, you know, benefit of the doubt type of thing where it started it all. So three is where I settled with. Wow. How about you, Jessica? I gave Dr. No a three and a half stars. Three and a half. Yeah. So we're pretty close. You called mine high and you, it turns out you were higher. I think because <laughs> I didn't remember what my score was until I looked it up. Um, yeah, I said in my review, this doesn't feel like the first Bond film ever. It feels like a well-established franchise as it drops the audience right in sink or swim. It does. That it does. Um, I also said that character intro at the casino table is absolutely iconic and gorgeous. It's fantastic. It, it reminded me of Spielberg hiding Indiana Jones until the last possible second, but that's some 20 years after this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I said Sean Connery is so well cast, he embodies Bond. He yeah. really does. So to to what I said earlier, I understand why people will say this is the Bond for me. Mm. This is my Bond. You know how people say I get it even after the Batman. first movie. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, after the first movie. So, I think we could go ahead and we can move on to the second movie. Yes. From Russia with Love from 1963. One the very year later. I the know. Very next year. <laughs> they wasted no time. No time at all. So, this movie, the IMDb synopsis James Bond willingly falls into an assassination plot involving a naive Russian beauty in order to retrieve a Soviet encryption device that was stolen by Spectre. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about who directed it and who it stars. It was directed by Terrence Young, and it stars Sean Connery once again, reprising his role as 007. It stars Robert Shaw and Lottie Lenya. I believe that's how you say her name. Right. Yeah. So uh, this movie here, this one I found to be a little slower even yeah. than Dr. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, because... I wouldn't say there's like many big sequences. The big sequence in this movie, I think, for me at least, is the helicopter chase. That's, mm. I guess, kind of somewhat in the third act or getting close to it. And they're in a truck and they're trying to make an escape. And then there's the helicopter, you know, chasing them. Uh, but other yeah. than that scene, like everything else is kind of. I found that scene. Like, reminded me of North by Northwest vibes. Yes, it did. The helicopter trying to kill Bond and stuff. So this one, Spectre, again, is the main villain. Um, I said number one is hidden from view, very much playing the Don Corleone with the cat on his lap. (laughs) I said, although the the Godfather was released about 10 years after this. So this could be like the... Even the inspiration, the inspiration for, for that. Godfather. Yeah. Um, I said Russia. I said from Russia with love is criminally boring and slow. It is slow. It's yeah. it's slow uh, because I don't know if the characters are that engaging versus Bond, like mm. the people who are around him, the villain around him. Right. Even in this case, the the Bond girl in this film. Yeah. Uh, Nothing feels that engaging on 
from anyone in this movie. So that would be my problem with it. Um, just speaking of the cat thing and like just references, uh, I know you haven't seen the movies, but Austin Powers um, basically is <laughs> a spoof of the James Bond series. So Dr. Evil <laughs> who is the you know the villain uh he does have like a cat that he you oh, know, will perfect. have around so it, it did inspire spoofs and everything like that so about this movie um this, this is had the first way more one. gadgets than the it first did. movie like yeah. um he had like a knife that comes out of the briefcase he had um inside like some laser pointer inside the like oh, yeah, the yeah, barrel yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a lot of different things like that in this one. So this is where we start seeing, uh, well, I don't think Q was in, well, Q was in it, I believe at the beginning. No, no, he wasn't, maybe right? he wasn't. I don't think so. If I'm, he was, I don't remember him, but, I don't remember. um, it's the same three people playing Money Penny Q and M for like yeah. all these movies. Yeah. yeah. So then, and so they set him up with the gadgets and so that's where we start to see the beginning of that going forward for yes. you know his many adventures in the future so the most disturbing part of from russia with love was that he gets almost blackmailed with a sex tape do you remember this <laughs> james bond james bond is on a train and it's like or maybe not. No, it was a bridal suite. Do you remember? Like yes. a hotel? Yeah. And it had like a false mirror behind the bed. And they were literally videotaping James Bond having sex with the Bond girl in that bridal suite. And then he later gets like blackmailed with the sex tape. Yeah. They have it. They save it. What is this? Gawker? <laughs> <laughs> so that was the most disturbing part. Um, that he almost got blackmailed. And then the other part that I really liked was that Robert Shaw was the Spectre assassin. Do you know who Robert Shaw is? He's unrecognizable. He's unrecognizable until the close-ups. Then I was like, oh my God, it's Robert Shaw. A decade later, he stars in Jaws as Quint. Quint. Yes. Quint. Yes. How did I not? Yes. Quint. I know. Oh, shit. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> you blew my mind because I didn't. I it never registered for me. It never did. Really? No, it didn't register for me. Like in my head, and like for a moment, I thought, "Hey, eh, he kind of looks familiar," but I just it never it never rang for me. It truly it blew my mind. Um, and he seems like a blunt instrument until he sits down with Bond, and Bond is a hostage, and then Shaw starts to really shine. Yeah, and he's actually intelligent and well spoken again. Tenets of being a, a Bond villain. Exactly. But, yeah. Being the smart one in the room. Yeah. You know, outthinking everyone. Again, many of the characteristics that you see uh, going forward in many of the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, real quick, on the Bond song here, this one actually does have lyrics. It is by Matt Munro uh, from Russia With Love. It's is fine like it it does its purpose pretty much oh it's good though it's good though 
Ooh, it's very 60s. He's a crooner. I've seen places, faces, and smiles. So this is basically, we have to say that this is the first one that has the, the lyric from Russia with love. Every exactly. Bond song has to have that the lyric of the title. Pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. Have you heard enough? Yes, I have. Okay. I have. So, I don't know if you want to rephrase what you were going to say about the song, but... Uh, so, the movie itself, or the song itself, does kind of sit there and explain the movie a little bit. Like, it kind of, like, gives you, like, what's happening. So, if you listen to the lyrics, that's what the movie, what it's doing. It's kind of explaining what the movie's going to be about, in a way. Uh, so... On the scale of like memorable ones, it's not like the most no, memorable of all, no. but like it still is like a nice tone. It's setter. a ni- yes, it's a 1960s crooner of a song. It there. really is. Yeah, <laughs> it's not bad, but it's definitely not memorable compared to even other songs that we're gonna discuss right now. Yes, which let's go ahead and let's jump into the next film before we do. What did you give from Russia with Love? I gave it two and a half stars. So did I. Two and a half. Ooh, yeah. yeah. We just, it, it just moves at a pace that. It's glacial. Yeah. So let's go to 1964. Goldfinger. No, you didn't say it right. You did. Goldfinger. He's the man with the mightest touch. (laughs) (laughs) This song is so good. Shirley Bassey, 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 um, is the uh, the singer of the Goldfinger theme song for this movie, and it is so good. I love it. I think it might be my favorite. Mm, that's saying a lot and i kind of make fun of it like ironically yeah but now i actually really like the song <laughs> now you actually like now it i actually like it yeah so yep. uh just to get some details out of the way here the imdb synopsis while investigating a gold mag i always have a hard time magnet? It's a magnet, right? I, I say magnet. I think it's a gold. Yeah. Investigating a gold magnet smuggling, James Bond uncovers a plot to contaminate the Fort Knox Gold Reserve. So hence the name Goldfinger. So mm-hmm. this movie is directed by Guy Hamilton. It is written by Richard Maybaum and Paul Den. And it stars, of course, Sean Connery. And a host of people. Uh, we will get to them. Uh, of course, Jill Masterson and Tilly Masterson are back as they were in the first couple of movies. Uh, here is where we get uh, Gert Frobe or Frobe. He plays Arik um, Goldfinger. Yeah, he's Goldfinger. He is the villain of the movie. Another villain in this movie, Odd Job, uh, played by Harold Sakata. Uh, Lois Maxwell as Mrs. Moneypenny. Bernard Lee is M. Desmond Lu. Ooh, I say Llewellyn. One. Llewellyn, yes. But it might be different. I, I As Q. And of course, uh, the the name. This is the <laughs> this is the craziest name, I think. And it is Honor Blackman playing Pussy Galore. Yes. The Bond uh, girl name in this movie is Heinous. Oof, it is. 
atrocious. <laughs> and here's the thing. So, like, there is a movie later on that is called Octopussy. Yes. I thought the name was going to come from there, but no. <laughs> no, we get it no, much sooner. it's in Goldfinger. <laughs> it's in Goldfinger. Okay, so what did you think of Goldfinger? I thought it was better than From Russia With Love, but not as cool as Dr. No. But mm. the aesthetics in this one were way more memorable. Lots of costume changes and set changes. Um, it's really hard to understand what's going on, but that's, you know, neither here nor there at this point. Um, I think that the villain had a great name, but wasn't as devious as the other, like, villains. So I didn't think the villain was that, like, amazing. You get a sense that he's kind of like a bumbling eccentric eccentric cheat rather than mm. like a suave mastermind. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it, he's a bit eccentric, but I will say I enjoyed out of the three movies we talked about, this one I've enjoyed more than the first two. Interesting. See, I think I enjoyed this one a touch less than Dr. No. Mm. Um but yeah, like the costuming for Doctor for sorry for Goldfinger was really good. He had like the gold pistol. Yes, he did. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it but was. they could have played it up more. To be quite honest with you, like they could have been like really like gaudy with it. Oh, for sure. Like mm -hmm. with a name like Goldfinger and the way the movies really like hammer home with no subtlety, like what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Like they could have easily done. Basically, like everything is gold for him, you know? I think they should have played it up more because even he murders the first Bond girl and covers her completely in gold in paint. Gold. Yes. And that's a freaking statement. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No other statement was made the rest of the movie. Like there was an exclamation point and then a dot, dot, dot the rest of the movie. Right. You know what I mean? No, I, I know exactly what you mean. And so what interests me about this movie is that we get more... Uh, actual scenes that are in different places. We get a couple more action sequences. We have not just the smart villain, you know, that he's trying to outsmart, but we have like the physical villain in odd in odd job. So being able to handle the two aspects of Bond that he is smart and he is physical. Yes, I, I was going to say something similar to that, which was you get a sense that Bond is not so much of like a government detective as much as he is now a spy, espionage, assassin, saboteur. That's his role that he is even now. Exactly. So being able to see that and get a glimpse of that is great because it sets up the role going forward as to what we can expect. Mm from from that character and the many crazy things that he'll get into uh now did you like his intro though this is the intro with him unzipping the wetsuit and he's wearing a white tuxedo underneath yes that is so iconic yes other films and franchises have been copying it since like mission impossible for sure has done that of course maybe more multiple times um did you like this is the first time we see the aston martin yes Yes. This is the first time we see that. This is the first time we get the iconic line. Martini, shaken, not stirred. Yes. The first time <laughs> we get that too. So this kind of feels like 
it almost feels like it this comes is all the together. First movie. Yes, yes. You know, like this is the this feels like this should have been the first movie. Like, it, like really getting the nuance and like the the little details that make Bond who he is. Right. Um. You know, because of the fact that it engages everything about him, he is the playboy. He is the physical fighter. He is a smart man. He's dashing, and he he gets the job done. So. That's what I appreciate with this particular movie. I do have two lines that have not aged very well oh, at all. And this list is going to be ongoing, but well, here's yeah. two of them. He says, Dink, say goodbye to Felix, man talk, and then slaps her ass. <laughs> what the hell? And yeah. then later he says, um, she helped us switch the gas in the canisters. What made pussy call Washington? And <laughs> I think that was like MRQ that asked that. Oh my god! And he responds, "I must have appeared for her uh, in her for her maternal ex- instincts. <sighs> maternal instincts. Maternal instincts. Oh god! <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> um, I know. It, I think it, that's probably the worst part about going back to the original Bond movies is that." The misogyny gets deeper and deeper, like as you continue through these movies and as you dip into the 70s. Um, and Sean Connery is like, feels more than happy to like do it, like participate in these weird, wacky lines and, you know, sleeping around. And like, that's part of like the James Bond persona, sure. It but is. the whole like putting women down as well is like, starting to be more prevalent yeah and we will see it basically continue to go up and up as the movies go along Mm. where like you said the the women themselves become basically kind of less in the background and more just items and just you know eye candy pretty Mm -hmm. much that's Mm -hmm. their strict and only thing that they do yeah as we go along until a little more recently and by recently i mean like daniel craig and like (laughs) like the most couple of recent only so that that's what i mean by that so from there did you have anything else that you wanted to say about goldfinger before no i can give my rating though yes what is your rating i gave it a three out of five stars so dr no edges it out and honestly the Goldfinger by Shirley Bassey is the what what keeps it at a three it's out of five keeps stars. It yeah, at a three out of five. Okay, no, that that's fair enough. I gave it a three and a half. Okay, out of slightly five. more, yeah. slightly more. Uh, it's slightly more than both of the movies because I gave Doctor No a three and I gave From Reputable Love a two and a half. So just like a step up, yeah, pretty much. yeah. So. Uh, Let's go ahead and move along. We are moving to Thunderball. Oh, wait, wait, wait. One more thing. Oh, okay. The Rotten Tomatoes score for oh, yes. Goldfinger Good is Lord. 99%. And the audience score is an 89%. That so I would say if you're going to watch any Sean Connery Bond movie, watch Goldfinger. Goldfinger's the way to yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I honestly believe it's the best one. Now let's out of the Connery ones here that we're going to talk about, not to tip my hand, but I have already (laughs) done it. So the next movie 
that we're going to talk about is from 1965, which was a year later after Goldfinger, uh, Thunderball. Thunderball. So, Jessica, give us the IMDb synopsis. IMDb synopsis reads, James Bond heads to the Bahamas to recover two nuclear warheads stolen by Spectre, Agent Emilio Largo, in an international extortion scheme. Extortion, keyword. Hey, that is part of Spectre. <laughs> That's right. So it was directed by Terrence Young once He's again. Back. He's back. And then it's written by Richard Maybaum again, John Hopkins, and based on an original screenplay by Jack Whittingham and original story by Kevin McClory and Jack Whittingham once again. Right. So, all right. So in this movie, uh, we have Sean Connery really getting more gadgets. Like yes. this is where we get like the jetpack that he has like at a certain <laughs> That's point. That's right. Yes. He has the jetpack. Well, he has an underwater jetpack. Yes, he does. But he <laughs> lands on land to get yes. into his Aston Martin. So <laughs> so like he he's they're really like going out there like this is a man who could get his hands on any number of things that he needs. Uh so what did you think of the the plot itself? I kind of liked one. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked this one. It was a little bit easier to understand for me. And I thought that the whole, the, you know, the set dressing of it was really cool. So they had a lot of underwater sequences. I feel like Thunderball should be known for just underwater sequences, underwater stunt work, extensive and amazing. Yeah. Really cool. Um, the aquatic animals that were harmed seems, seemed like they were really harmed, which, which is a bummer. Um, yeah. Loved the Spectre villain in this one with the he had like an eye patch on. He did. He had an eye patch. Very wow. cool looking villain. So I appreciated all that he was doing and his whole plan. Um they put James Bond on a spine stretching machine at some point. <laughs> and I, I have in my notes the spine stretching machine looked very erotic, like he was humping the thing, but then an unseen fiend came in and turned up the machine and it got worse and turned into a <laughs> frenzied humping. So oh my god. That's something to of note. Um That is something of note. Yeah. Here's something that I don't like is that he first of all he has sex with like I don't know, one or two, at least two women in every Bond movie. Yeah. But in this one, he says, after having sex with the obvious Spectre woman, like definitely a a villainous woman, he says, what I did tonight was for king and country. What? (laughs) Yeah, he actually says that. He literally says that. Was that Domino? Yeah. uh, No, no, it wasn't Domino, right? No, it wasn't Domino. I, I want to say it, then it must have been uh, Luciana Paluzzi's character Fiona, I believe. E, uh, that might, that, yeah, I think that's what I think. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Actually, no, I'm blanking. On I just wrote Spectre Woman Spectre <laughs> in Woman. my notes. Yeah. There you go. But Bond and Domino have sex underwater with scuba gear on. Yeah, they do. I don't know how that works. It doesn't. It doesn't. doesn't. It doesn't. That is not a thing. I know. That is just a thing to make Bond look cooler, pretty much. Like, look at him. He can have sex underwater. He can have sex underwater with scuba gear on. With scuba gear on. Now, I I did want to say something about this particular one. I don't know what it is, but... Maybe it's the way they styled his hair or the way they made him look. He 
kind of is starting to show a bit of his age here, mm. Sean Connery. Yes, and yes, it's yes. only been a couple of years, but like there is a rapid aging that's happening mm. with Connery himself. Right. That you can notice it. Like he is noticeably older than whoever he is engaging with, you know, sexually right, right. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something that I noticed in the movie. I want to say that it's probably the hairstyle. They kind of like, like, it's like this comb over yeah, that they yeah, give yeah. him. It's not like a suave, like pu- pushback that they usually do with him. So that's probably what made, but it, it was something that I noticed. This is actually a good line that I noted. The line begins, some men don't like to be driven, and Bond responds with, no, some men don't like to be taken for a ride. Hey. Hey. That's not a bad line. Not a bad line. Not a bad Um, line. There is a massive underwater brawl, which I was actually very entertained by. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And um, Domino is the one that actually got to kill the villain. Right. Yeah. So I really like that she saved Bond in the process. Yeah. You don't get that often. Usually it's always like the damsel in distress type of thing. Yeah. And the hero has to save him. So the fact that they let Domino do it. Do the honors. Yeah. Fantastic. And actually she had the most beef with the villain too because he killed, uh, he murdered her brother. Exactly. So it was like great, you know, closure that was, for that. That was great closure. Now, yeah. what did you, th- now let's talk about the song real quick. Yeah. Tom Jones sings Thunderball. Yes. What did you think of the song itself? I like it. I like it a so lot. Did I. So Just did because I. it's Tom Jones makes it ten times better. And is that because like you you still think of like a certain joke that involves Tom Jones? A little bit. A little. For those who don't know, John Mulaney has a good joke regarding Tom Jones songs, and I mean it's not unusual that like Tom Jones is front and center on an OST and sound making it elevating it, you know? Yeah. Did you get the pun though? (laughs) If you can't see him doing a shoulder shake when she started singing there. So (laughs) I think this is a pretty good theme. Does it compare well to Goldfinger? It's fine. Like it, it, it comes in underneath it, just underneath exactly, it. So it's Goldfinger and then Thunderball. Exactly. All right. So yep. anything else you want to say before we move on to the next um, film? No, I can give my score, though. Go ahead. What is your score for Thunderball? My score is a three and a half out of five stars. Three and a half out of five stars. I yep. gave this one a three. Ah, okay. We're so, just, you know, we're teetering. Close. We're close. Yeah, we're pretty close um, in our scores. Yeah, yeah. it's it, nothing too crazy. So, but I, again, a fun movie, but for me, it's not quite as good as uh, Goldfinger. Yeah. So. Okay. All right, let's move on to the next film. Uh, the next movie that we're going to talk about is You'll Only Live Twice. That's right. 1967. <laughs> And so this, let me go ahead and give the synopsis on this one. Uh, Secret agent James Bond and the Japanese Secret Service must find and stop the true culprit of a series of space hijackings before wars provoked between Russia and the United States. 
It's directed by Lewis Gilbert, written by Roald Dahl. Yes, the Roald Dahl, the writer of The Witches of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> that is the screenwriter. That <laughs> so cool. That's great. I know. Great. And then do you want to give us who is starring? Of course, Sean Connery returns yet again for his reprisal of the role. Uh, starring alongside him is Akiko Waka. Wakabayashi, yep, who plays sure. Aki, mm-hmm. uh, Hama, who plays Kissy, Tetsuro Tanba, who plays Tiger Tanaka, uh, Karin Dor, who plays Helga Brandt, she yeah. is one of the villains, uh, Donald Pleasance, who plays Blofeld. This is Blofeld. the first Blofeld. This is the f- first Blofeld. This is, Blofeld is a recurring villain in the Bond series, mm-hmm. so uh, he, we will hear from him again. Uh, Charles Gray is Henderson, Lois Maxwell is Mrs. Moneypenny, Bernard Lee is back as M, and Desmond Llewellyn is back as Q. That's right. So, uh, what did you want to say about You Only Live Twice? I thought it was a preposterous premise. Um, oh. It starts off in space with a U.S. spaceship getting swallowed by a bigger UFO, and... It doesn't get much better after that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This one, I think, is the worst one of so far that we've spoken about. And it is riddled with xenophobia Ooh, and yeah. bad racist portrayals of um, Japanese people and, and Chinese people. Um, I, I couldn't believe it. Like, it was almost just too offensive to be a good Bond film. Yeah, because I honestly, like, some of the cinematography is pretty good. Like, when it's not dealing with the space stuff, when it's, like, for example, when he's being chased, uh, Mm. like, in the shipyard. Like, the way the camera does, like, overhead shots and, like, stuff like that, it looks cool. Uh, But just like you said, though, oh, my God, it, it is very xenophobic. And... The the portrayals are just not great at all. It started from the beginning. Like, he has yeah. this line, uh, why do Chinese girls taste different from all other girls? <sighs> it's so bad. So, and then, of course, it, the title, You Only Live Twice, is because he fakes his own death. Yep. And then it seemed like when he came back after, you know, he was faked his own death, the government fixed him up with a Chinese girl. Yeah, they, like romantically. Yeah, that's what it feels like. And then Money Penny joked about her not knowing what she's missing. Good lord! Awful. Like Awful. a lot more underwater scenes. It was a cool sumo match in Tokyo, and then Spectre was over here wanting to start a war between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. Yeah, so, which is kind of like okay, they've been doing that for a few movies now, right? All about like a space race and having to like nuclear. Nu- yeah. Man, I always yeah. have a problem with that. Nuclear like arms race. And yeah. My question is why is someone like Bond getting involved between the US and Russia? That's another thing is that they're trying to make British intelligence out to be extremely amazing. Right. And. The U.S. and the Soviets are stupid and they're just going to fight each other. Yeah, that's what it kind you know? of feels like. Uh, we do get uh, the famous uh, cat. like The cat, around yes. In the, 
in the chair. We definitely get that as well. Yeah. Um, so there was I, a. Did you like the sofa fight? This. Um, there was so he so James Bond gains entry into one of the um, evil complexes. Yes. By pretending to be an assassin that they had sent out. Right. And so then he proceeds to fight the car driver, who's like a big brute. <laughs> Yeah. And he fights him by throwing sofas and couches at him. <laughs> Did uh, you like any of the lines from Tiger, though? He had some bad no, lines, too. No, no. So he had like, my honorable mother told me many years ago never to get into a car with a strange girl. But you, on the other hand, will get into any car with any girl. <laughs> Good Lord. He also says in Japan... Men always come first. Women come second. And then they proceed to get a bath from scantily clad possessions. He literally calls them them possessions. Yeah. It's not good at all the way they use women, especially in like the last couple of movies. And then in this one in particular Mm. is just a little too much. It's so bad. I do like how they call um, inspector like, you know that there's a hierarchy because people are named like number one, number two, mm-hmm. number 11. And so far you haven't encountered number one yet. No, you haven't. But in this one, he's the guy in the chair. Yes, he is the one in the chair. Yeah. So I like there's a couple of things that you could garner from it that are enjoyable pieces of the movie. But they're very few and far between. Yeah. And it makes for a tough watch sometimes just because it it's just not very flattering portrait of who we should be seeing as the hero mm. of of the movie. So so that's my problem with it. Now, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> go ahead. Did you did you like the piranhas though? I thought this was cool. I thought this was the, very the original. piranhas that are um in the specter location, location in the volcano where they drop down like the bridge yes like so they well first of all number 11 fails to kill bond yes she like jumps out of a helicopter and leaves him or sorry a plane out of a plane out of a plane and she like makes it so that he can't get out he gets out saves himself he's alive and she's fed to the piranhas yeah she is That was wild to me. I was like, oh, wow, they're not messing around. No. (laughs) So the worst part of this movie, I think, is that they make James Bond into a Japanese man. Oh, that was awful. So they say you must become Japanese. You must train hard to become a ninja and you must take a wife. And I was like, excuse me? What does this have to do with the mission? They're like, you have to infiltrate this volcanic island where there's suspicious stuff happening. And then they like, like cover him, like they make him yes. kind of brown. Bro, they put bit. yellow face on him. Yeah, they pretty much make with prosthetics and everything. Oof, yeah, like the eyes and. And then Bro. they make him go to ninja school, and the ninjas are like not that great when they're fighting against James Bond, which makes so so little sense at no, all. Actually, no sense. I'm gonna say that. No sense. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's just bad. Like Aki, bad. the the main Bond girl, she gets poisoned with some clear jelly on a string. 
that was meant for Bond. And it was so hokey. Like he like turns away while they're sleeping. And then she deliberately like puts her head near where the string is. And then boom, she gets like jellied and dies. It's dumb. It's just dumb. So that. But number one. So number one has a huge facial scar in this movie. Yeah, he does. Like close to the And he says the title, You Only Live Twice. Aha. Aha. That's the Leonardo (laughs) DiCaprio meme. Uh, Did you. Did you like the way pretty much that they wrapped up the movie where like they're on a lifeboat and then like the submarine comes up from underneath? Yes. He wants to (laughs) abscond with his fake Japanese wife. Yes. Who's been running around a mountain in a white bikini and white shoes (laughs) the whole third act of the movie. And his, uh, his thing is interrupted because the submarine just raises up like it's so it stupid. comes up from underneath just like lifting them up i'm shaking wow. my head i'm shaking Terrible. my head i hated this movie i would I never not, watch it again no no i wouldn't watch it again either yeah it's so w- what was your score then i gave it a two out of five me too yeah look at that we there are both is. there before we leave this movie though what did you think of the song uh you only love twice by nancy sinatra very forgettable yeah. So overall, like this movie. It's a good just, song. Like when you listen to it, you're like, oh, this slaps. And then when you leave it, you're like, what was the Bond song again for You Only Live Twice? Like, it's not very memorable. You have to go back and just like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. All right. So now that we're in a in a new place now. Yes. Because we're moving into the next film, which is two years after You Only Live Twice, 1969. But... We do not have Sean Connery. No. Sean we Connery. have a recasting. Yes, a recasting of James Bond. So uh, the next movie that we're going to talk about is On Her Majesty's Secret Service from 1969. Tell us, what is the IMDb synopsis? James Bond woos a mob boss's daughter and goes undercover to uncover the true reason for Ernst Stavro Blofeld's... Blofeld's... Allergy research in the Swiss Alps involving beautiful women from around the world. So uh, this one is directed by Peter R. Hunt. This is his first in the series because up until now, it either was Terrence Young or Guy Hamilton who were directing these movies. So uh, not only do we have a new director, but now we have a new Bond. This new Bond is Mr. George Lazenby. That's right. Yeah, he plays Bond, and we're only going to have to discuss him once because this is his only yeah. run as James Bond. Uh, also in this movie, Diana Rigg as Tracy, uh, Telly Savalas as Blofeld, uh, Lois Maxwell as Miss Moneypenny, Bernard Lee as M, Desmond Llewellyn as Q, so they're back again. So they surrounded everybody else. With yeah. the same people, but they go ahead and they recast Bond for this movie. So, what did you think first of Lazenby's portrayal of James Bond? Um, I didn't like it, to say the very least. I thought he was kind of a lacking, bumbling, not suave at all 
bond. Um, and even at the beginning, he has like almost like a losing fight <laughs> on the beach yes. with unknown assailants. And he turns practically breaks the, bo- the fourth wall and says, this never happened to the other fella. <laughs> Did you laugh out loud? And then they cut to like the intro sequence. Right. right? Of course. Um, I honestly found his portrayal to be like somewhat dull. Yeah. Dull is a good word. Like I don't buy the charisma on him. Mm. Uh, That was my biggest problem because you want someone suave, debonair. And sure, he's dressed up like that. Right. But that does not mean that he is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was my biggest problem with him. And so that kind of leads into or it bleeds into everything else around him. So it doesn't feel like he's that great of a fighter. It doesn't feel like he is that great of just an on-screen presence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that was the biggest problem. Now, do you remember do you remember why the, the reason that Connery didn't get here? Was it a contract thing? I can't remember. I got to look it up, but I think it may have been a contract issue that he didn't come back for it. So they needed to do it still. So they got someone else in the meantime. Uh, We'll be going back to Connery in in a bit. Uh, (laughs) So what did you think of the actual movie? I didn't like it. Like not even a little bit. Um, I hated Everything like the frilly button down shirt that he wore at the beginning. Um, I hated how he was very casual about fighting people. And then like it happened every day almost like at least Mm. Connery's bond was like kind of taken aback when people would fight him. Right. It was without easily. Yeah. So he's like fighting people in hotel rooms and he's super casual about it. And I'm like, who the hell is trying to kill him? Like, I'm very confused. And then he outright slaps the the Bond girl. Uh, yeah, Tracy. Tracy. Yeah. He which... slaps her. And I was like, what? since when? When is he laying hands on women? Like, no. Um, he is just, I don't, I don't know why he is after certain things. Like, the plot wasn't very fleshed out to me. Right. Like an allergy research facility. That, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like what the hell is going on? So I didn't like that. At the end, I understood like, oh, he's like hypnotizing these girls essentially that have various allergies and trying to cure them of the allergies is also helping his grand plan. But the it was still too like convoluted. I agree. Way too convoluted. You know what I don't like um, is that they kind of try to recreate the Connery entrance or like the 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 moment that you meet Connery's Bond where he's playing poker and he's at the table the and casino, everything. Yeah, yeah. They try to recreate it with him and no. like nothing it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. So yeah, that's where he meets Contessa or yes. Tracy. Yeah, Tracy, in this particular case. Uh, Diana Rigg, for those who don't know, uh, or maybe they do know, but Diana Rigg was Lady Olena in Game of Thrones. Uh, Yeah, so like complete. She's still kicking. Still kicking, yeah. I don't like how he has to go through 
Contessa Tracy's dad to get information. Like it was a very roundabout connection. But then the dad gives up the information very freely, like very easily. But then he's still like wooing Tracy on the side. Right. Um, Yeah. The dad like wants him to be with Tracy. It's like all of a sudden Bond is like a true like gentleman. Like he slapped her earlier. Right. They got off on the weird footing. She's very suspicious of him because he wants information from her dad. Then the dad at some point like kidnaps, (laughs) kidnaps Bond and tells him that he's sort of involved with Spectre. It's very unclear. Yeah, it's unclear. And then he tells Bond that her his suicidal daughter, because she wanted to commit suicide at the very beginning of the movie by plunging herself into the sea. Yep. He tells her that his suicidal daughter needs a man to dominate her, to make love to her, enough to make her love him. A man like you. Oof. And it's all sorts of wrong. It's all sorts of wrong. Bond resigns at some point. He does. He has like a little tiff with M for doing what? I, I'm not clear. It's not clear on. But then M just gives him a two week vacation and the movie takes place in the in like his vacation time. <laughs> OK, he it's it's bad. Like, it's, it's just all it's bad. bad throughout. Um, how did you feel about Blowfield in this one versus the prior one? So I liked this one because I felt like the actor who was portraying Blofeld was pretty unique. Yes. And that is Terry you know? Savalas. He his his voice and stuff, I was like, ooh yeah, he sounds like a freaking villain. Uh for most people, Terry Savalas, they'll know him as Kojak, who was the detective TV show in the seventies, a very famous uh oh, show. Okay. So that's how people nice. will know him <laughs> for the most part. Um I I liked him. I think that the Blofeld from before, played by Donald Pleasance, was good. Right. And then this guy is better. Yes, I agree with that. So that was like a positive for the film, is that the Blofeld is a little bit better, the recasting. Um, Bond takes a Playboy, looks at a Playboy magazine at some point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But then he leaves and takes the centerfold with him. Good Lord. Like, that doesn't scream Bond to me. No. That behavior does not scream Bond You know what it is? It it kind of feels like a imitation, a bad Mm. imitation of a James Bond movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I think if I'm not mistaken, so we have a different director, we have a different actor, we have, I believe we even have different writers for this one as well. Well, Richard Maybom is Well, Maybom is back. So, So he still writes for it, but it feels like an imitation a poor imitation of what's come before Mm -hmm. so that's my biggest problem with this movie so outside wait did you sorry go ahead go for it no i was gonna say outside of terry savalas blofeld i i don't think i enjoy much of this movie although i do like uh nancy a little bit like she's she's fine she's a fine bond girl although i don't really like the way bond treats her Nancy. Uh, sorry. Uh, Tracy. Oh, Tracy. Tracy is what I meant yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah, Tracy. Uh, um, we do get a little uh, Easter egg with the coat of arms. They give Bond his coat of arms at some mm-hmm. point because he's masquerading as um, a university researcher for coat of arms or something. It's very convoluted. But 
They present him with a Bond coat of arms, and the motto in Latin is the world is not enough. Hey, look at that. Which I was like, oh my God, how did this part end up with like such a great little Easter egg that is for later on? That is a great Easter egg. I know, I know. So it's the Bond motto. Yes. So I'm looking forward to like later movies, of course. Uh, but I'm, I am glad that this was a one and done. I'm glad that they figured out. Really? True. Hey, <laughs> maybe we should renegotiate our contract with Sean Connery uh, <laughs> after what we just saw here with uh, Lazenby. Uh, just did you have any positives though for the movie? I think I like I didn't mind that, that Tracy saves his ass. Right, like like she drove like she was in Fast and Furious in the snow yeah. and actually drifting like gets away. She was freaking drifting, she was drifting in the snow. The snow. Yeah. Right. And then she skis down the mountain with him. Like she's very independent and uh, strong willed. Exactly. Even if, even if she's struggling with something, I don't know what it is, but. <laughs> exactly. She's a fighter, you know, she's yes. fighting with the people when they take, when they kidnap her, she's fighting with specter people. It's good. Like she, she's good. But the men awful, awful. Like she won't leave bond behind. And then her father just simply punches her unconscious to take her. Awful. Just terrible. I was like, that's awful. <laughs> it's just terrible. terrible. Oh, man. All right. Do you think this whole thing actually was a commercial for the Winter Olympics? Because all of the Spectre. All of like the luge and all these like different. They had the freaking. And then there were so many winter sports. Ice skating, bobsledding, skiing. Just all of them. Bobsledding. Like in all, yeah. of all things. Bobsled. Yeah. But the ending, the that was a whole twist. Feel the time. <laughs> it's bobsled time. <laughs> but uh, Tracy, so Tracy's awesome. She's kick-ass. Yeah. She gets treated badly by everyone. Terrible. But she ends up marrying James Bond. I hate it. She actually marries James Bond, and then she gets shot. Yep. And dies. And dies. And then it doesn't feel like he's remorseful about the fact that she's dead. Like, he has, like, just this stern look, like. He's like, she's fine. Like, I can't believe you did like that. Like, he's in like, shock. It, I don't know. It, it, uh, I wasn't a fan. I was It was so much. Movie. Like, I couldn't believe that George, George, <laughs> George Lazenby, um, James Bond actually got married. Because it didn't seem no. like he was very sincere toward her at all. No, no, he should not have been married to her. I, yeah. I don't know why they He did didn't that. deserve her at all. No, not even a little bit. Not at all. So this movie got a 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. Weird. Weird. Audience 64. That probably feels more in line. So, but that's all we have about Lazimi. What did you give? One and a half stars. Ooh, wow. I went with yeah. two. Lo odio. Oof. That is bad. Yeah, I would never watch this again. Real quick, uh, before we leave this movie, uh, the song itself, uh, not really much of a song because it's an instrumental, pretty much. Right. John Barry, composer, uh, did On Her Majesty's Secret Service theme song, and that's about it. Exactly. It sticks out from all the rest because... It's the first in the series to deviate from the rules of like an opening credit song since, you know, before they were even doing it, before it was a trend. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So again, everything here just feels off. It's mm -hmm. everything feels a, a note off. 
with this movie. So to wrap up yes. this episode, we're going to go Let's ahead and talk about the the last one, Diamonds Are Forever. Yes. 1971. I'll go ahead and I'll talk about the IMDb synopsis. A diamond smuggling investigation leads James Bond to Las Vegas, where he uncovers an evil plot involving a rich business tycoon. So this movie is directed by Guy Hamilton. He is back after he directed, I believe it was Goldfinger. Yes, mm-hmm. it was Goldfinger. Yeah. That So he's back to direct this one. Diamonds are forever. And you know who else is back? Shirley Bassey. Shirley back on the Bassey. OST. Yes, with the Diamonds Are Forever song. So, real quick, let's talk about the song first because we mentioned it. Diamonds Are Forever, for me, out of this entire group of songs, is my favorite. Really? Yes. Out of of the seven that we've had, the seven movies. Oh, it's good. Okay. Here's here's another reason why I like this song. Go for it. I know you don't really listen to hip hop or anything like that, but uh, Kanye West Shut d- up. samples that <laughs> entire opening thing and then yeah. like riffs off of that with a beat and the song is Diamonds Are Forever Shut and up. it is fantastic. <laughs> I love it. So that right there. That's not fair because I'm it got biased. sampled. And- I'm a little yeah. biased, but- the song alone is still really good. Really good. It's really good. <laughs> so out of the first seven movies that we have talked about so far today, yeah, yeah, that one has my favorite theme song. What is your top three then? From, from the opening seven here? Yeah, in order. In order. Yeah. So number three. It's Diamonds Are Forever. Hold on. Oh, no, you're going I'm up. I'm going up. Okay. Number three, Thunderball. Number two, Gold finger and number one, Ooh. diamonds are forever. Okay, so it's Thunderball, diamonds are forever, gold finger. Okay, so we're very close. We're very, we're close. very close. I just don't have that history with it. No, like with I Kanye. know. I know. We we have different ways that we're coming from this. Yes. All right. So <laughs> okay. So let's go ahead and let's talk about the movie. Uh, this was not rated very highly among critics. It has no. a 63%. Um, the critical consensus, consensus states, Diamonds Are Forever is a largely derivative affair, but it's still pretty entertaining nonetheless, thanks to great stunts, witty dialogue, and the presence of Sean Connery. Boy, did they miss Sean Connery. Oh my gosh. Because this, like, this movie feels much more in line with what we've seen with James Bond mm. than the Lazenby version. So the the first thing that stood out to me, though, is I mentioned that Connery was starting to show his age in the first couple. Oh, yeah, that's he, super real. Yes, he, like, really is, like, an older man now. Yes. So that is the first <laughs> thing that truly stood out to me with this movie. Um, I enjoy the opening sequence, the opening sequence, very nice and riveting because like, I I like this one too, with the diamond motif, Yeah, the diamond motif, you have silhouettes and then you have Mm -hmm. like up close shots of like diamond necklaces and like the way it blinks and it's good. It's It's really good. So 
this this one and Goldfinger, the opening credits have been the ones that have stood out the most for me in these first seven. So those are enjoyable. Um, now, let me go ahead and get your thoughts. What did you think of the movie itself? Um, this one, I didn't like it so much because it it had all the ingredients, but it just wasn't that compelling. Yeah. Um, I found it more interesting looking through or watching the diamond smuggling operation. Yeah. Like I found that super interesting. Like the workers hiding them in their shoes and in their mouths and they visit like a dentist for for a handover and then the dentist bikes it over to the middle of nowhere with a man with a wooden box and then the the man with the box get flown out gets flown out in a helicopter like I found that so cool this whole like smuggling operation that's happening and um the two guys stealing the diamonds were really cool like those two guys they were obviously homosexual and I was like <laughs> living I was living for them like every time they came on screen I was like they are great henchmen like more I want more of them in the movie um, they stole the diamonds. They killed the doctor with the scorpion, which was hilarious, hilariously badly acted. Yes. <laughs> and then they give like a phony box to the helicopter. The helicopter explodes. Like then they walk off holding hands. I was like, this is drama. I was so excited because that's more of like the intro for the movie, right? Yes. Is to see like diamond operation. Yeah. But then it just kind of goes down from there. There was um, not much. <laughs> going for the movie except for chase scenes through vegas which right was i guess the highlight because that vegas doesn't exist anymore no not like that it was like a it was like a time capsule of 70s vegas yes yeah, so different you know? from the vegas so that we see different now in yeah. movies or tv or anything mm-hmm. uh i i found myself enjoying parts of the movie like Especially, like, really in Vegas, like, a lot of the stuff is fun. Mm -hmm. But the movie gets kind of bogged down because I feel like even up till now, like, I don't really understand how the movie ends quite. Maybe I'm confusing myself, but, like, it just. That you were stealing the diamonds to create a satellite laser. Oh, there's uh, more satellites. More satellites. Yeah, they're obsessed with space. It's the space race. Yeah. Um, and then they were holding the U.S. ransom because they wanted to disarm the U.S. of nuclear weapons. That's what I gathered. Yeah. But it, I could be wrong. I exactly. mean, it's not very, not it's very not clear very at all. Clear. So, like, just like you were saying earlier how a lot of the Bond films, like, it's just, like, all this exposition that makes no sense. But you're really just mm-hmm. watching for set pieces. Yeah. That's yeah. what you're watching it for. So... So the set pieces are fun. Um, what do you think of the Bond girls in this one? Especially uh, Lana Wood's character is named Plenty O'Toole. Plenty. Plenty O'Toole. Um, <sighs> I can't wait till like when we're at the end and we have to go back and list the most <laughs> and ridiculous rank, names. Rank them. Yeah. Um, I thought she was okay. I thought that the Tiffany case girl was going to be like the main mm-hmm. Bond girl. Yeah. Um, Am I right? No, I'm not. No, I don't think she was. I think Plenty O'Toole. No, no. No, it's the other way. Tiffany Case. Yes, Tiffany Case. Yeah, so Tiffany Case ended up being the main Bond girl, and then Plenty O'Toole was like not really yeah. 
like not really you know involved. not really a Bond girl. No. Um, but Tiffany Case, another <laughs> another crazy name. Um, I didn't really find them too cool. No. Like you know, like or Tiffany Case was like memorable. a bad. She was almost a villain. Yeah, really. Yeah, in a way. Uh, she took a chance and she like jumped ship with like the Spectre villain. Exactly. And when Bond shows up at the end, he's like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> like it's like bad, like not very good. Um, there was one point where they, the two, um, gay guys who are the henchmen, the Spectre henchmen, yeah. they lock, they knock Bond out and then they lock him in a casket. Yes. Oh my God. And then the casket gets put through the burner for, uh, to be, um, what's it called? Incinerated. Incinerated. <laughs> but for, uh, what's it called? Oh my God. For, um, uh, Oh, God. Oh, my God. What's it called? You and I when you are like, both having a hard time shit. with this one. Anyway, it, he's about to, like, be incinerated in the oven. And that was really cool. Like, I like that sequence. It really had me on edge. Like, how was he going to get out? Yes. So. Yeah, so we good. don't get enough of those where, like, we really see him in a super tough situation. Because most of the time, he's in a very escapable position. James Bond. Mm -hmm. It's not so much that we finally see him in a moment where, oh, this is like really like how the hell is he going to escape this type of thing? Right. And then we start building from that going forward with the rest of the movies where we start getting these very intricate, very like life or death, like, oh, James Bond isn't going to survive this. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> whoa, he does. Pulls it out of his ass. Exactly. Um, there's a point where in the Vegas chase mm -hmm. scene where the cop goes, there goes that son of a bitch and saboteur. <laughs> <laughs> and I was dying a, of laughing. I actually line. rewound. I rewound it so that I could hear it again. Cause so I was like, if that's, that should be on a t-shirt. Like there that's goes that son of a bitch line. and saboteur. <laughs> that is a great line. Um, yeah. So the car stunt though. Do you remember the car stunt? Mm. He tips the car and rides with two wheels on the ground yes. to get out of a dead end. Yes. I was like, that's excellent. Fantastic excellent. stuff. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, How did you feel about the Blofeld in this one? So this Blofeld, this is our third Blofeld. Yes, it is. But this actor is Charles from Gray. You Only Live Once. He was the man who got stabbed. Which is crazy. In Japan. That they, so they, they recast him with a character we already had. I know with a with a dude we've already seen, and he had like serious lines in that movie, so it's very weird. But I liked this guy. I like um, Charles Gray as Blofeld as well. I do. Yeah, I think I almost feel like he might be the best one. Maybe like I think that him and Terry Savalas are very close together. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I don't think I've seen a bad Blofeld between the three of true. them so far. So true, like true, true. So I have no problem with any of the three it's just a matter of preference as to which one you like mm -hmm. the most so yeah. for me like i do like terry savalas by by a hair a hair, a hair yeah. more that's that's pretty much it um there were two gymnasts who beat the shit out of bond and they were named bambi and thumper bambi and thumper of course <laughs> because as you would as you would <laughs> <laughs> um but i mean there's not much else to this movie is not very deep. No. It's very hard to understand. And ultimately, I think that 
maybe I'd give it like a two and a half. I was about to settle on a three. But that even feels maybe a little high. I feel like Shirley Bassey like comes in again, like giving some points because of the of the OST. But like truly it's the car stunt, the the two henchmen that are really cool. Yeah. And they come in at the end again. Yeah, they do. In a final sequence. And maybe the intro sequence. Right. The intro sequence for me is are, so memorable. Are holding this up to two and a half stars. Yeah. It, it, overall, it's not the greatest way sending off Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. Now, I say sending him off, but that doesn't mean he's forever <laughs> gone. Because yeah. we're going to have to talk about him one more time. One more Bond film from Sean Connery. But you won't hear that on this episode. You'll be hearing that on the next episode of our yes, Bond series. different decade. Yes, because we are moving on from Sean Connery and we are moving into the Roger Moore era. Ooh. <laughs> Roger Moore. Roger Moore. So I want to say that this exercise of us watching the Bond movies is actually really helpful for me because it makes me appreciate the Bond films way, way more. Yes, it does. Because uh, you, there's a lineage here. Yeah, you know? there's a like, lineage. There's like breadcrumbs as to yeah. what is being taken from prior movies. Because yeah. before... The, Spectre being a huge one. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Because before I came back to watch these, I, again, I had never watched them. And so when we knew the title Spectre for one of the most recent or the most recent uh, Bond movie before now No Time to Die, I just thought that's something that's just coming down the line, something new. Right. But no, this is something that has existed for yeah. for a long time. So that is really cool to see. Yeah. Like, I appreciate it more. And even if they're super problematic yeah. and they have uh, so many issues um, with them, I I don't regret watching these movies. No, neither do I. Which is kind of nice. Yeah. That's, you know, I think we're going to get into a very weird era. Yeah. Because from what I've heard, at least about the Roger Moore movies, is that they're like really over the top, like in terms of just Ooh. like like some of the weird shit that happens in the movie, like things that you're like, oh, come on. Like, like how did <laughs> how did he do that? You know, like type of thing from what mm. I've heard. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, so yeah. I agree. I agree. So uh, before we get out of here, I want to let people know. If this is your first time listening, thank you for checking out the Bond series, episode one. Uh, Paul, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Sean Connery <laughs> episode. Uh, if you like Sean Connery's James Bond, let us know at Always Critic Pod. You can go Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Let us know there at Always Critic Pod. Uh, if you want more from us, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google, and many more. You can find us by searching Always the Critic Podcast. And finally, if you really want to support us, go ahead and check out our Patreon page. It is patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. That is where you can find and support us as we endeavor to do more things for this show. Uh, any final thoughts on Connery's Bond? Great start. 
Great bond. Great start and a great bond, indeed. So that has been our show. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always the Critic Podcast. Thank you.